This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Voices of the Walrus on AMI-audio, where professional readers give voice to articles from Canada's best general interest magazine. I'm your host, Roger Ashby. Michael Christie ponders how a video game sank its hooks into him so deeply. Lori Wilson reads My Guilty Pleasure. This is an article titled My Guilty Pleasure by Michael Christie. After a long, arduous climb, I reached the summit. Breath streamed from my mouth, twisting into the thin mountain air. Two birds circled not far off, and I set my hands on my hips to take in the landscape unfurling before me. An active volcano coughed up ash in the far distance. Here at the summit, I experienced a profound sense of connection, of being part of a vast and complex whole. There's a term for this feeling, awe. And a number of studies have explored just how essential awe is to our well-being and how it correlates to our creativity and physical health. But there's one problem. This mountain climb happened in one of the most beloved games of all time, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which means that this vast world I'm connecting with is only a digital simulation. And the weird thing is, I shouldn't even be here. I'm not a gamer. I'm a lover of actual nature. Though I logged some serious screen time on the Super Nintendo as a kid, I was more interested in worlds made of words. And today, as a parent of two children, I'm wary of the seduction of these games, especially how they compel players to squander oceans of time in order to achieve goals that hold no real-world meaning. But for me, Breath of the Wild is different. I first played it with my sons, and then, after they went to bed, alone, obsessively, deep into the night. How did this particular game sink its hooks into me so deeply when so many others had failed? The Kingdom of Hyrule, the game's vast digital terrain, is estimated to be as large as 86 square kilometers in our world measurements, according to one fan's calculations. It has 15 distinct regions, each with a unique climate, weather, flora, fauna, and history. A player's time is spent exploring these regions, meeting inhabitants, facing down dangers, and unlocking rewards and secrets. But the real star here is the land itself, the wild. A misty jungle, a lazy fishing village, ancient trees that seem like they've been around since time began. Sheer cliffs and boiling rivers of magma, cozy mountain cabins with fires burning in the hearth, drenching thunderstorms sweep across the plains and deliver spectacular lightning strikes, hilltops where pink blossoms drift in the air like snow, frigid snowy expanses where, if you're lucky, you might see the northern lights, and peaceful woodlands that teem with deer and foxes that peruse the understory for food. More than I wanted to play the game, I wanted to be there, in Hyrule, in the wild. Though at times fearsome, it's an oddly comforting place. If you get cold, you can don a warm article of clothing. If your health meter dips, you cook up some food you've hunted or collected. The first time I glimpsed one of its three mythical dragons winding lazily in the distance, about which the game had offered no explanation— I experienced a sensation of pure, unbridled joy. But the skeptic in me wonders, is the in-game awe you feel legitimate? 
Can a digital simulation of a natural environment serve as a substitute for the real one? And is this feeling of awe comparable to what you experience while walking through a stand of BC's gorgeous old growth, or after reaching the summit of a real hike, when the land and water splay out wonderfully before you? To this, my only answer is another question. Can't I enjoy Hyrule too? We feel awe in many non-natural contexts, but especially when experiencing a work of art, reading a great book, or hearing great music. Like Hyrule, a piece of art is its own little world, one that conjures the feeling that everything is as it should be, with nothing wasted and nothing missing. Gazing out over Hyrule, marveling at its complexity and simplicity, I try not to feel guilty for spending so much time here. And when its long-awaited sequel drops in May, I'll be begging my kids for the controller. That was an article titled My Guilty Pleasure by Michael Christie. I'm Lori Wilson. You've been listening to Voices of the Walrus on AMI-audio, produced by Don Dickinson, audio engineering by Jacob Shemansky. The manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank, and I'm your host, Roger Ashby. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider giving us a rating and review, and subscribe for more. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.